0: Jump into the episode, but I also want to check in with you three. Two, there's only two. God damn it! You could check in with yourself. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Fuck. Well, that's the opening, guys. What's What's up? How are you two? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of the
1: cold, but I also the fantasy of being cold in this summer heat yeah. oh. is great. I actually, ex- I'm like. Take me, Morosco.
0: Let's go, BD. <laughs> yeah. So I'm recording from Sweden, and the two of you are in America. But I think we have similar height. Uh, <laughs> we have similar heights, but we also have similar uh, heat issues. Uh, Sweden mm. is currently mm. 95 Fahrenheit, Ooh. which is oh uh, my god, that like never happens, which is terrifying because it means the world is gonna end. But <laughs> New York is, I guess, New York has always been a fucking mess in the summer right like it was yeah
2: it's definitely been hot but also like it has been raining quite a bit which is great for the plants but it makes it so Mm -hmm. muggy that even when you like you know open your windows to get the air in and stuff it's just like sticky air like everything feels sticky I sit on my couch and I'm like I need to shower immediately
1: yeah I feel like everything in the summer in New York just feels sloppy Yeah. Like, you get places and you don't feel like you look the way you looked when you left your apartment. You are just whenever I'm walking my dog it's like a slog every time
0: yeah
1: (laughs) and I've been I've been walking to Mordor with an app so like I'm I'm out there I'm active at this point but every time I go out there lately it's just like but I'm
0: not ready to start the episode yet I feel like I wanna I wanna get some some more weather talk out of out of my system (laughs) literally talking about the weather is that a thing like um is that a thing like a Swedes refer to talking about the weather as a as a thing you do when you just don't want to have act- real conversations. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Small talk. talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. So it is universal then that the weather. Oh no yeah, because it's about the weather.
2: weather's a weather's a universal thing. It's like you just go, it's hot out today, and then three people are like, yeah, oh, yep, uh huh. <laughs>
1: Yep, sure is. It is a hot one. Oh man. Well, feel. Uh, now, what I will say is, talking about the weather in a real in a real way uh, that's full of terror and related to our current circumstances. Right before the last episode, I was about to tell you guys about how I got frostbite one time,
0: ah. or not frostbite,
1: how I got uh, ex- like exposure. Hi- hypothermia, the, whatever it is. Hypothermia. Hypothermia. That's what I meant. Yeah. So I was. Uh, in Montana on Outward Bound, which if you don't know what that is, it's like a a thing that a lot of young people sign up to do where you go out there with guides. They teach you how to do mountaineering and climbing and hiking and all this stuff. So you do, depending on the length of your uh, Outward Bound experience, you go on what's called solo where, not Han Solo, I know, it's (laughs) shocking, but you go on like a solo uh, experience in the woods and they set you up with like your camp, that's your area, you're not supposed to talk to anyone and somebody will come by, one of the like troop leaders will come by and check on you every day. But the day that we were set to go on solo and we were on this trip for like a month. So the solo was three days. It wasn't like one day and one night. It was like three whole days. And they encouraged us if we could stand it to not eat. Like they gave us some rations of trail mix, Mm -hmm. but they encouraged us not to eat so that we could have like a spiritual experience while we were out there. But the whole day leading up to that, it was raining and it was raining so hard that even though we had lined our packs, I mean, we had been out there forever, but it was uh, so wet that when I started to unpack everything, not only was I soaked, but my dry clothes were soaked, <laughs> the tent was wet, my mat was wet, and my um, sleeping bag was damp. Oh. And I kind of love thinking ab- about this, even though it was really scary at the time. I the the process that your brain goes through when you're so cold that you cannot get warm again is completely bizarre. Yeah. Because I did everything I was told to do, like I stripped off all my super soaked clothes, I put on the driest clothes I could find, I got into my, it wasn't even a tent, it was like a tarp over the ground and then you like laid down another tarp below and you put your mat and your bag on top of that. And so I'm sitting there and I can, hear the sort of you know white noise uh hypnotic rhythm of the rain like coming down and I am doing sit-ups in my sleeping bag with it closed to try and like create warmth inside the bag and I just become exhausted and I still can't get warm so I go from all these desperate Like, first it's tactical. What have I heard that I should do in this situation? Boom, 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 boom. Then that runs out and your brain is exhausted. And you're like, okay, I'm just cold. There's nothing I can do. And then the very last thing I remember thinking is just cold, 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 cold. Like, that is all my body could, could compute. And I remember waking up the next morning and just, like, Thanking God I was alive yeah. because I could not get myself like unlocked from that one thought, which was just I am cold.
0: Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Wait. So so, scary. so someone found you, or so every day the the uh,
1: troop leaders would go around and check. So they came and they were like, "Anne, are you there?" And I kind of like was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm here." And they like got me out of the out of the bag and like basically what i had to do is i had this big rock it was it was completely uh like dry the next day so there was no rain and i laid out all of my stuff on this huge rock um in my in my sort of like camp area and tried to get everything as dry as possible but i remember just feeling so close to the earth because I laid on that rock myself and I could feel like the sun had heated the rock and it finally started to feel like I was a person again.
0: Oh,
1: man. Um, but yeah, it was wild. So it's not like I was going to die out there. Like they, they pronounced me to have mild hypothermia, but like if that was mild, maybe I'm a baby, but like it was <laughs> terrible. Yeah, dude. Like,
2: being yeah. cold in the middle of nowhere is such a different thing. Experience like I went camping and hike in, hike out, like backcountry backpacking in, um, uh, Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, in Minnesota, er, fuck, no, it is Wisconsin and the UP. Um, and I didn't take it into account the drop in temperature. Like we were on the shoreline of like the Lake Superior, mm-hmm. like it feels like an ocean, and at night it dropped and I had a sleeping bag that was rated for a certain temperature but like I don't actually mm-hmm. think it was I think it was like a little bit not rated mm-hmm. for that and the drop in temperature at night is like insane and I rated was in a T for teen yeah uh rated PG for pretty good not that great <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, I got so cold at night and I would put on like all the layers that I had packed. You know, I'd be wearing like my shorts, my pants, my rain pants, my sweatshirt, my rain mm-hmm. jacket, and I would just be like in my sleeping bag like, okay. Okay, just like make it through the night. Like just make it through the night. And yeah. And and not only that, but like we were hiking to every location didn't have self-service didn't have we'd have to like purify our water with drops and wait like 45 mm-hmm. minutes to drink our water and like wait for our water to boil to make our dinner so there was really no way to get warm without building a fire and like waiting for the fire heat to yeah. kick in at night and it just really makes you one appreciate living the way that we live day to day where it's like yeah. i'm cold i'm gonna go turn on the heat or like put on shoes or a blanket or something yeah but uh i don't know i think Maybe they were onto something about the spiritual experience. Because when I was cold, too, at night, like my racing thoughts and thinking about my life and I would just I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, oh, my God, this is, you know, like, I'm I'm so lucky in so many other ways. And just, yeah, it's a wild experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I mean, rule number one to any survival is to never fucking get wet. You want to hear something really
2: interesting, though? So it's absolutely true, and I think that's the case for most scenarios. I was talking to my friend Carl, who has done this insane, like, hiking, backpacking trip in Alaska. And Ooh. you have to cross mm-hmm. so many rivers and streams in Alaska. You just, like, the way the terrain is, obviously you yeah. can't hike up these mountains. You just, like, go through valleys and stuff. And yeah. his instructor was like, don't take off your socks and your boots when we cross these rivers. You're just going to wear your shit and as we walk it's gonna like dry out and we're gonna have to keep doing it because it takes way more time to like take everything off cross it try to dry yourself Uh off he was like your feet are gonna be fucking wet you're gonna be wet up to your knees and it's just the way it is and to me I was like that's fucking insane Mm. and my friend was like it was not good like your feet were wet like they they dried out sure but like you'd have to peel your socks off at the end of the day lay them yeah. out like you know to dry and everything or like hang them on your backpack as you hiked and switch socks and stuff but uh yeah they were straight up just mm-hmm. like you're gonna get wet you're gonna keep getting wet Yeah.
0: time to get wet nah. i was like Damn. you will get
2: wet <laughs> yeah like too fucking bad
0: yeah, but yeah. hell no Wow. I love <laughs> hikes and seeing nature, but I tend to do it in, like, the perfect conditions. So if it's, like, raining, then I'm like, nope, no, no. <laughs> Not for Ellie. <laughs> I am ready to um, get back into, into the game. All of you are standing around a table looking at the corpse of Ilya, the stagecoach that helped you survive basically the blizzard he, and uh, get out of the snow he was so close I, I do not understand
1: what could have happened to him
0: so close to home he was a very good worker of ours he uh, he brought many people here every time every time someone you know needed something I uh, he was someone you could really count on I, I know he had been sad lately but I didn't realize um I'm very sad that he never seemed to find happiness. He was a—I don't know—he—he struck struck me as a sad, lonely man, and I wish—I wish I could have been a better friend to him. Did he know your sister? Um, I—he—he he did know my sister. Yes, I—I I always thought that maybe one day the two of them would. Married maybe, I know that he fancied her. She didn't seem to be interested in many, many men. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Does Ilya
2: have any other family? I could read him his rights post-mortem, but I do not know the wishes that his family might have for his burial, if that is what we plan.
0: Not that um I know he has a sister in Moscow. I I will write to her. I think we should try to bury him as soon as we can. Sister, if you would like to perform a, a service for his for his soul. I believe that would be that would be uh, helpful. Oh this is awful. This is terrible, terrible, awful. I, uh, I can't believe this, is, this has happened to us. It's all this bad luck. And Axel is all, almost getting a little bit angry and frustrated with, with everything that's going on. And, and he leaves the room.
2: Does anyone have anything they would like to say for Ilya?
0: The cook walks over, starts speaking in Finnish says a couple of words, kisses his cheek, and then backs away, and so does her two children. And eventually, Karin starts singing a song, and Vlada tunes in in this beautiful, beautiful song in a language that neither of you understand.
2: I I think Vanessa... um doesn't really go like in an overtly Christian direction, not really knowing Ilya or like their beliefs. Um, I think she keeps it very secular and like spiritual more than like religious for it. Um, We wish Ilya peace in passing and hope that what he meets on the other side welcomes him with open embrace. Ilya was said to be a good man. We will contact his sister in Moscow and allow her to perform whatever funeral rites she feels is necessary. But for now, Ilya would be brought to peace and rest. And we say goodbye to our friend, our co-worker, perhaps a friend we have not made yet. Goodbye, Elia. Thank you for bringing us here and bringing us together, if only for a sadness like this.
0: And she closes his eyes. Eventually, Axel comes back with a, with a makeshift casket, and the two brothers, the two brother Campbell, puts him in there, and the three men lifts him out to the barn. And you notice that the blizzard, is, it stopped snowing, but it's still very, very cold outside, but, but the sun is out now, and, and it's a beautif- beautiful landscape out there but you can't really enjoy it given the current circumstances. Mary is just
1: kind of, has seated herself uh, near to these proceedings and is just holding on to that carved cross uh, with a rose on it that Vanessa has given her and is just sort of uh, worrying over it with with her hands and her own sort of Prayer reverie, and when Vanessa has uh finished this sort of ritual, she looks up at her and she says i I feel that all of this is connected vanessa the the last night you see i I left a, a bit of bread and honey out uh, just an impulse i do not know what uh, what moved me to do such a thing, but that song about kindness, being a port in a storm, being warmth in the dead of winter, I thought perhaps always being willing to give of ourselves might have some effect. And then this morning it was a bit warmer. And when I went out to look for a friend, I found the horse's tail was was braided, just like the story that that, that Axel told us about Esther's hair. Do you think that it is,
2: in fact, Esther? Perhaps we could enlist the help of Samuel and Daniela to explore the idea of paranormal.
1: I think we should, but I wonder if... If, in fact, uh, Ilya did love Esther. Perhaps it was her that he saw that he followed, perhaps, to the back of the inn when he was tending to the horses and uh, perhaps whatever spirit drew her attention in life is also supporting her wishes in, in death Do you think
2: that Esther killed
1: Elia on purpose? No No, but you are a very determined woman and even you were dissuaded from your own path yesterday in the snow what welcomed you into that respite? memories perhaps
2: perhaps you see nothing perhaps that is only part of the trick or I had memories very happy, happy memories when I would go to the church around holiday time with my sisters and Mm. we would ride together in a large sleigh for the fun of it and buried in blankets we would laugh and imagine the gifts we would be given for being good and that is all I could remember all I could think about in the cold. I didn't feel the cold and I was happy. Perhaps you're right. Ilya could have had his memories of Esther and seen her, wanting only to be with her in that moment.
1: I can only imagine that her brother's desire to change this place and to for go, whatever relation it has tied to these memories. Uh, Perhaps this desire to change is what has stirred this storm so violently. It wants to tie everyone who has memories of this place as it was to it somehow. To freeze it in time, if you will. Perhaps
2: that... That actually makes a lot of sense when you
1: put it like that. How How do we convince a businessman that he should sell his idea upstream for a a myth?
2: (sighs) He seems to like the story time, and perhaps he himself buys into these myths. Maybe we could somehow convince him, uh, perhaps with the help of Samuel and Daniel, uh, we could tell him stories, make him understand that his sister is here, is alive in a sense, preserving her life and traditions.
1: We must find out if Daniel is able to hold some sort of seance. Uh, Esther... They said she had friends she couldn't see, but maybe we would be able to see them if we opened uh, some sort of uh, sortie or
0: parley with them to find what they might want. You remember suddenly. Velma, she said she knows seances. She knows tarot
2: and could read. Perhaps Velma could give Axel a reading or perform a seance. That... It's a great
1: idea, Mary. We must get something from Esther's... We must see Esther's room. Perhaps if we could investigate there, we might be able to learn a bit more for uh, Vilma to go off of.
0: The Esther's room. The Esther's room. Esther's room (laughs) is upstairs. Um, And...
1: um, Great. So while while the men are out trying to deal with this body and burial, we should go up there. Is kind of my vibe. Yeah, yeah. I think
2: the men are gonna be in the barn. Yeah, doing their own thing. And let's yeah. sneak into the room. I'm turning into like fucking Dracula. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta change I, my <laughs> <laughs> accent. <laughs> Just
0: Every, I love it. There's so many accents that I default into, especially with men. Uh, and there are so many men there Like I always end up talking like this. I feel like and <laughs> um, and uh, but it's fun. It's this is exactly what it's yeah. like to play role playing games. Everyone, we're doing <laughs> you it. You guys are. I'm just gonna fast forward that you guys are outside Esther's door. Okay, great. Um, so we have, you can is it locked? It is locked. So you can lock pick, or if you have that. Those tools, or so you can roll a stealth for that. Do you guys are are you stealthy? Um, what is great s- question? Stealth, <laughs> listen. I could roll two dice,
1: that's what I could do because we don't have a lot of our stuff that we came with. Yeah, we I only really yeah, able to recover my I f- cane
0: sword. You also seem to remember that there was a key in the kitchen. Okay, why Met- don't I go Meti- in there
2: and ask for some tea? Oh this this is perfect i oh, was going to no. suggest you make distraction i get the key
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i'll go in there and make a big big deal out of oh we need some tea and i'm so sorry about the cat and i wanted to burst and, you know all of all that right. and and then we'll wing it from there how
0: about you roll um a manipulation Mary? all right all right that is two successes crushed it you find the key and you raise no suspicion
1: Again, Sue, sorry about the cat. And she closes the door and then she looks at uh, Vanessa with the delight of a child that has managed to steal candy from like the fancy crystal dish in the living room that they're not allowed to go into because their parents keep it nice. And she's just like, upstairs, upstairs, you know, (laughs) hobbling (laughs) up with her cane. Amazing.
0: Amazing, amazing. Yep. Um, And you're in Esther's room. (sighs)
1: We did it. (sighs) Now (laughs) Now what what do we do? Um, What should we roll to investigate?
0: Even though it has been months since she died, it's still empty in there. It has been cleaned and smells pleasantly of fresh spruce. There's a wardrobe, a large bed with a beautifully crafted headboard of pine, and by the little window is a chair and a small table covered with books. Uh... Where's the smell coming from? The spruce smell. Yeah, you notice that there's um, like a a fresh. There's some fresh pine tree, uh, like spruce. Like I'm thinking of how to describe like a branch from uh, from something like a a nice little uh, ornament with Mm -hmm. a nicely braided. I'm so bad with finding the right words for things, but basically there's something nice in there okay. that smells like spruce. A little, like, like, like is it twig, a branch. And it, it looks, looks fresh. fresh. Yeah. A twig, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you can roll a vigilance to see if you find anything else. All right.
1: um, can I uh, investigate the books? Yeah, okay. sure. That is one success.
0: You find a leather-bound book on the table. Esther's diary. Ah, perfect. Nailed it. (laughs) Um, You go through it? Or do you want to go through it? Do you want to... Are you okay with that, morally? Yes. 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 I want to live. I choose life. June 17th. Two weeks ago, Ilya proposed to me. I had no choice but to turn him down. He wanted to take me away from the inn to a life in St. Petersburg. He doesn't understand, so I responded coldly even though it broke my heart to do so. He had bought me a beautiful silver comb. He must have cost a fortune, and I said that I already had another friend who would braid my hair. I always had my friend, I always do. And Axel, he needs me here. The inn means everything to me, and I want to do everything in my power to manage our heritage. But Ilya's expression, it darkened. He left the farm. He has not yet returned. At night, when the house goes quiet, I wonder if I made the right choice. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Well, perhaps it was not Esther's spirit who drew Ilya away. Perhaps it was a more jealous type of maneuver. It seemed
2: that that Esther was simply not interested, that she was preoccupied with what I believe are, I mean, Vasen, no? She had her own friends to
1: braid her hair. I think she was very taken with Shepherding these uh, spirits here I-, I believe our task will be to figure out how we can assure them that they will remain uh, welcome here no matter the changes that may take place that they will be seen they clearly want someone to see them to appreciate them to be their
0: port in a storm so to speak when the two of you turn around to leave the room, you notice in the doorway the cat is looking at you, and then it leaves. And as you and, and as you enter the hallway outside, it's gone. Oh. Mm-hmm. And as you come down, however, the man has returned. And no one one has noticed that you were gone and did a thing with Esther's room. But there seems to be some sort of, not argument, but Axel seems cornered. And the, the two brothers are talking to him in sort of a heated, in a heated way. Ah. Yes. Please. Mary. Come over here. You would, you, would be un- you would make sense out of this. You see, uh, Samuel is saying, You see, we, we have a pretty, pretty good guess of what's going on here and what's been going on here. We believe that a revenant, a haunted spirit in the form of Esther, his late sister, is haunting this this place, and she is the cause for all of these bad accidents that's been happening lately. Probably the same accident that befell on you the, yesterday. And uh, therefore, the only way for, uh, as we are investigators of these these things, uh, we need to find her. Well, we need to dig her up and burn her body. That's that's the one way to deal with with an angry revenant. And Axel is like, a- absolutely not. Absolutely not. I... She had a Christian burial. She, She does not deserve this. Please. Please do not do this. Do not come to my inn and do this. Please, I beg of you. We...
1: The truth is that your in and your desires to expand your business here may not be able to move forward if it is hampered by uh, the spirits who are uh, not at rest here. And I know that you do not want to hear this, but hear me when I tell you that you do not want to live at odds with those who have passed beyond. You must find a way to live in concert with one another if you expect to not be frozen in time within these walls. You want the future to come here? Well, you must deal with the past.
0: Roll a manipulation and also observation. How do you feel about this, Vanessa? Do you, are you on the, the brother's side or on Axel's side? No, I think Vanessa's conflicted because she doesn't want to exhume
2: a grave, and she doesn't quite think, after reading the journal, too, and talking with Mary, she doesn't think that it's Esther who is haunting people. Mm. I mean, like, if they think it's in the form of Esther, that's one thing. That's like, you know, an illusion, but she doesn't think that it's actually Esther. She thinks it's the Vasen that Esther was caring for and giving offerings to that are seeking, it's kind of what Mary said. It's like seeking revenge because he's not upkeeping the tradition. Yeah. So no, she's she doesn't want to exhume the body.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my manipulation check is more to let this guy, make this guy trust, instead of treating this as like old wives tales, like she's trying to get him to like, just l- let us discuss a solution here, if that makes sense, that he'll take seriously. Uh, and I would like to do that with three successes. Yes, he,
0: um... He breaks down. He starts crying. Um, yeah. If you must do what you If you must do it, I suppose there's nothing I can... God, I'm a Christian man. I only wanted to bring my family's... My family's tradition forward by making them better. I did not want to bring this into, into their... Memory Karin I- moves over, gives the brothers and Mary mm-hmm. a very nasty look, and says something in Vatik, mm-hmm. and then starts soothing him. Yeah. Uh, she kind of
1: steals herself, and then uh, pulls up a little stool and sits a little bit not, like, far away from them, but close enough to continue a conversation, but to allow him Mm. space. And she says, I understand that uh, what has been suggested to you seems, well, beyond the pale of reason. But ultimately, what they are suggesting is that there may be some kind of, of revenant here. Now, whether or not I agree that it is your sister that could be ruled out the more that we know of how she passed. Revenants uh, are usually betrayed in death, I believe. Was
0: that the case here? We found her by the pond one day. She was wet, but it didn't seem like she had drowned. It seemed like someone had pulled her out of the water. Did she have any bruises? Any contusions? Nothing. She looked very peaceful.
1: Was the pond frozen? No, this happened in the fall.
0: We had a warm fall.
2: I would like to say a man has died and we prepare to bury his body. I do not want to dig up another. Though I am familiar with unnatural occurrences, Daniel, Samuel, I think you are wrong in this case, I trust your judgment and have heard your stories of investigations, but I myself and Mary are also investigating, to jump to a rash decision, as you suggest, could possibly
0: anger a spirit more, no? Perhaps we need to wait. I don't know why a nun would have any understanding of these things. I mean, as we said, we are professionals. Because the teachings of Christ are about love above all else. They visibly rolled their eyes at that. Have you ever experienced a demon? Listen. Listen, Sister Vanessa, is it? Ankel. Right, Uncle. We've experienced a lot of things that can't be explained by your little Bible. And with all due respect, it's it would be easier for us if you stayed out of this. With all due respect, I'm afraid I will not be
2: able to do that. And she steps in front of Axel
0: and Corin, as if, like, protecting them. Very well. And the two of them goes to their room. They cut off their nose to spite their face. Then Karin speaks up. Vanessa, I would like to hear your story. Please. Of
2: course. But I'll have you know, the story that I will tell is not a happy... Well,
0: I will let you be judged. Axel says I mean it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense anyway, right? <laughs> he says <laughs> still not believing in anything. <laughs> Do the brothers come back down or like are they locked in their rooms? No, they they are moping in moping in their rooms as far as you know. No. Um Okay. Uh yeah, Vanessa
2: sits down amongst the blankets with everybody. <clears throat> um I was raised in a convent in Transylvania. But I am told that my mother was from Romania, a small town. Um, And she gave me up to the convent. Um, The people of the town uh, were very superstitious and my mother was convinced that she had a miracle baby immaculate conception Um, she believed that she was in contact with angels so i was given up um, but the convent took me in and they, they gave me the surname of angel Um, and the convent was good to me and I am very thankful that I did have the upbringing that I did but ever since I was young I was different some of the sisters considered it a gift that I was special to them but others looked on me with fear, or with questions, or did not look at me at all. I liked to read from a very young age, and I could not get enough. I read the good book, but I read many other books, and... I took a book without asking, and I seemed to have lost it. I thought that I had kept it safe in my room, as I always did, but it was gone. I was distraught uh, at being reprimanded, so when asked who took the book, I lied. Mother Gabriella wouldn't knew that I had taken it, I am not a good liar, and they sent me to the chapel without supper to repent and to think on my sin. This I had done many times. I got in trouble often for small things, taking books. Mm. I was so ashamed of myself. I was hungry. I felt foolish and small. I was saying my Hail Mary's in the chapel when I suddenly felt very cold. I stopped and looked around to see if someone had come in with a draft, but it was dark and then it was empty, but then I heard a click-clack echoing in the room, like footsteps getting louder, but the echo made it impossible to tell where they were coming from. And the coldness grew. I was almost shivering. I took a prayer candle and I swung it toward the darkness. I was very afraid, but I had a brazenness about me. I wanted to find out who was playing a trick on me or trying to scare me. But the candle, it it could not penetrate through the darkness. I looked toward it, and suddenly the click-clack stopped. I showed my light. I wanted to call out. I tried to, but my tongue was like a weight. I couldn't speak or scream. I. I heard it, there was a voice I will never forget. It was like it came from inside the throat of a man, like it was being torn out with a claw. It said my name. Vanessa. child poor girl gifted and angelic mother killer soulless
0: girl cursed and prophetic Vanessa Vanessa
2: I was souls Wanted to scream or to run, I just stood frozen. Then clack, clack. From the darkness, two shapes dipped into the light, and I felt my grip on the candle. I stared at the ground in front of me only two meters away. I saw two black hoofs split between the light of my candle and the empty void of darkness. I didn't realize that I was doing it, but I had started slowly tilting the candle backward toward me creating more darkness around me i couldn't see anything it was completely pitch black i assumed my face was the only thing illuminated but then the hot wax from the candle spilled onto my forearm and i screamed i screamed and screamed i didn't even feel the pain i wasn't screaming because of the wax The next thing I knew, the candle was still lit, glowing, lighting up the chapel like it normally would. I spun around, the other candles were lit. It was gone. All of it, the cold, the sound, the darkness. No one even came after I screamed, I I must have assumed I had woken the entire courtyard. I never brought it up to any of the sisters. For fear, some would think I'm lying, some would be more afraid of me, or worse, they would kick me out, and I would have nowhere to go. But the little hairs on my neck, I felt, and it is how I know when something is wrong. It is a forewarning, it is a a tell.
0: You're looking at seven people all staring at you, completely mesmerized by your story. Axel is not crying anymore, he's just watching you with new respect. Karin speaks up. Is uh, the the hair of your back currently sensing anything? Currently? No. But
2: during the storm it it was. And. Ah, see, si. <laughs> Ah, si.
1: Whatever.
0: Si. Not si. si. Uh, yeah, I, I say si, si too. Claro. <laughs> we both say si. <laughs> si, Italiano. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That makes sense. See, I don't believe we are haunted by an evil spirit or ghost. I believe this is something completely different. And um, the way we... Axel, how have you been... have you been taking care of this inn? How have you been taking care of it? Have you honored the ways? But I don't know, I'm not quite sure I understand what you mean, Mrs. Karacheva. No, I meant more like, have you, um, the Domni? And she's trying to find a word for it, but she doesn't seem to be able to, but, um, as, uh, um, Domo, Domovoy. Domovoi, domovoi, the little domovoi. You need to, you need to honor the Domovoy. Do you need to feed them? You need to make sure that they're happy. The ones who braid the hair.
1: She, yeah, she says,
0: vetir, 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 um, vetir. Yeah, no, little, little man. Da. da. Yes,
1: yes, from the stories, little man beard. Mm, they...
2: Don't um, uh, sometimes, They are also yes. little
0: women, too, and little babies. harry uh, pointy hat. Harry angry, aggressive, aggressive. Oh, those other fuckers! Uh, it suddenly um, gets, as they? you say, fuckers. Yeah. It suddenly <laughs> gets super cold. <laughs> oh.
1: That was not. That was okay. me. That was Mary. <laughs> says okay, those other fuckers.
0: Um, uh they are called gnomes. <laughs> gnomes. Nissa. Nisa Yes. Have you taken care of the Nisa, Axel? But. Bad bad luck if you don't. Oh, mm-hmm. but that's just superstition. Axel says, that's just superstition. That's that's not that's Esther did that stuff and I <laughs> I don't know uh, you, you... that it is superstition. You see, uh, last night
1: before bed, I, I was compelled to leave something, uh, an offering, a a sense of kindness out on the stoop. And she like kind of puts up a finger thoughtfully and then goes to the door and opens it to see what happened to the piece of bread and honey that was there. But it's eaten. Yeah. And you see, and she picks up just like the crumb of like eaten, uh... Uh, what's on the outside of a loaf? Crust. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she like puts it on the table and she says, there is, I mean, something that is accepting these offerings and it was a bit warmer this morning. What does it hurt you, Axel, to believe? At least to
0: honor a little bit. I'm a Christian man. I, I'm not supposed to I, I never saw any. And do you see Christ stories when you speak to him or is your faith muscular is it through um, practice? He suddenly gets awkward and, and everyone in the room gets a little bit awkward about the questioning of Christ mm-hmm. because even though it's it's uh, maybe more than you agree with you they're all it's still the 19th century so mm-hmm. they're like of course, I've seen Christ, uh, um, and he looks at Vanessa. Of course, uh, you don't doubt my my faith, right? You you believe I'm a good man of faith? Of course not. And I believe
2: myself a good woman of faith. And yet, the story I told you is true, and my experiences. I believe two things can be true, and because you may. Honor tradition of another faith or belief does not discount you in your current faith or belief. Your sister, you said, was a good Christian woman. She had a Christian burial. Yet, she honored these creatures and in turn, they gave her respect and good
0: fortune. Why not do the same? And it's almost as if you watch a little child figuring out a math problem. <laughs> it's in his eyes of just like... They're widening as he realizes that maybe... Maybe this would explain certain things that has been happening around the farm. Wouldn't explain the cold. Wouldn't explain the deaths. Because he... He know that Nisar in the tales they can get get aggressive and they can kill. But he would, he would be... Surprised that they, they would be behind the, the kill, kill, killings, but he seems to recall, like, that one time there was a bucket of water falling, falling on him when he entered the stables. There was this one time where, where that fucking cat, like, clawed, <laughs> clawed him <laughs> for no good reason. Um, and speaking of the cat, right in front of you, it morphs into an old, old little man with long gray beard. So you can finally see me now boy he says to Axel uh. hello thank you. I'm st- I was starving. He looks at Mary Smythe. Uh, of course uh, my pleasure.
1: I believe there's something up there on the mantle for you,
0: if you would like a hand getting up. He narrows his eyes, walks backwards towards the mantle, takes it, puts it in his mouth, keeping eye contact, and starts eating. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think it would be
1: incumbent upon us to understand what it is that you and the... the folk who call this place home who are not always seen but must be respected by those who endeavor to live here desire
0: I've been with this family with this farm for longer than any of you have lived combined when she died they started ignoring me
2: you loved Esther and you
0: tried to save her, no. She fell. One day she just collapsed and fell into the pond. She was everything. I had never met a kind of a human as her before. She would talk to me, she would treat me as one of her own. I dragged her up from the pond, but it was already too late. I do not know what exactly happened to her but it wasn't me nor was it that man that Father Frost took yesterday and I do believe that she has found eternal rest however It's hard for me to forgive being ignored after everything I've done for this family for generations. And he looks at Axel again. I don't understand how anyone could do that. Axel just is just staring at the at the gnome. He can't even believe that he's seeing this.
1: Mary sort of leans forward and she says, What could Axel do to make it right? To make you feel seen and appreciated? Well...
0: He could... He could make that bread... Again... That he used to make for Esther. That was very tasty, she always shared it with me. Axel... Is, is, like, scrambling, and, and picks up a notebook, mm-hmm. and it starts, like, uh, bread, bread? Uh, and yes, perhaps we
1: could uh, turn Esther's room into a bit of a library where uh, people could come to learn about some of the local folklore and, and understand some of the history of this place. Uh, people could come to, to read and to appreciate you and the other wonders
0: of this land. Hmm. hmm I don't trust those sorts of inventions books books yes written words no that's that's not how you deal with my folk and um, it, without doing a learning you would know like things you would have to do uh yeah. farmers usually do for to appease Nisar. Uh-huh. and there's like a whole list of like dumb demands yeah, yeah. Um uh, but roll on the manipulation to see if he's even considering... You mm-hmm. um, can do that. so too, Vanessa, if you if you have anything or... Right.
1: I'll try. That is two successes. Oh, may, maybe I don't even
0: need to try. Oh, two, two successes. This little man, this little gnome, he seemed like he's so st- struck with grief that at this point he just wants, like, a hug and since all we are treating him very kindly he's just if there was to be a promise made that i will not be ignored then and that you would follow the ways that our people have agreed upon for for the ages this is how we do things i don't like changes i don't like books and you could tell that he's probably from a time where books didn't even exist (laughs) um i don't i don't want any modern Modern things. I definitely do not want that gambling barn. Those sort of works of evil creatures. And Axel's like, uh, Yes. I think what would be very nice
1: is if we continued this wonderful tradition of, of storytelling. And Axel, you, you said that that is something that you loved, that your sister loved. And perhaps we could make a bit of a song uh, for for these demands that everyone here would sing so that everyone will always remember the nissa, and remember what they want and could pass it from visitor to visitor. Something catchy, you know, with a bit of a driving rhythm. I, I could maybe put something together here. And it, and it could be sung in, in the old language. Uh, you might be able to translate, to Madam Carasqueva. Of yes? course, of course. Um, You, And and we could have a a storytelling festival here every year where people gather, not not to write,
0: but to speak and tell their stories. Axel nods to that. However, the brothers join from upstairs. They've overheard the conversation. One of them is carrying a nail, a big nail made of iron. fuck? Give up the vason. Now see here. Yes, old lady? Mm -hmm. See what? You have the sight, and yet you cannot
1: understand what, what a parlay is? We are having a conversation, and if you would like to handle yourselves like adult men, then perhaps you'd be willing to use your words instead of your brutish mannerisms. What do you intend to do with that? She says, pointing to the nail.
0: We know we know how to deal with the Nissa. This is the only way, and I'm sorry. Come here. Come here, you. and. She is going to draw her sword cane out and say, Back! Heathen! Reprobate! You can see that, uh, how about your roll manipulation to see if any of them waver? Okay. Vanessa, what do you do? Uh, I think Vanessa stands in front of the Nissa,
2: um, in Like, I mean, she doesn't have a weapon on her, but she has her... Well her Holy Water's not gonna do anything. Yeah, she just stands in front of the Nisa and she says, You were wrong about the revenant. You will not take
1: the Nissa." That's three successes for me.
0: Daniel, who's standing behind his brother, puts a hand on Samuel's shoulder. Perhaps perhaps this is not the time and place. Perhaps it's time we we'll let this one go. And the two brothers, they continue to look at you. But then they take their bags and they leave the inn without a word. How like men, for them everything is a
1: nail and the solution is a hammer. Ugh, dreadfully boring.
0: And uh, you solve the mystery of the Tamzalu Inn. Ah. And you do it with really good results. We did it! We did it! I feel like I want to unpack, there's so much, there's so many things that we didn't investigate or get to, or like, because it's it was such a hard hard adventure to, I <laughs> didn't know how to prep it, because I was like, that. you had a whole thing with Vilma that you could have done with the tarot card, but I'm like, yeah, we're running out of time, I feel like I want to keep it to about an hour, but... So the thing though that happens with the inn is that Greyfoot, which was the name mm-hmm. of the little Nissa, um... He will give the inn his protection once more and the fire at the inn will burn hot once again Mm. and the people and the animals will be safe from the ruthless cold. So he was basically a barrier against the Father Frost Mm -hmm. that was, you know, hunting them outside. And in the great hall of the inn, one can hear the cozy sound of the fire spreading its pleasant warmth through the room. The cook, Rina, is making porridge, and before serving it to the guests in the future, she places a bowl of porridge and a jug of milk by the stove. Stove. Mm -hmm. The two of you, you're ready to leave, as the weather starts to stabilize a bit. It's still cold, but you do get a message from Count Konstantinovich. The conclave has been postponed. Apparently, that's been some drama regarding two of the guests, the Brother Campbells, who were guests of honor, but now they had gone missing. So the player characters, aka you, can now return to St. Petersburg or continue their journey towards other destinations. Bom, bom, bom. Bom, bom, bom. But yeah, I kind of want to um, like I want to talk about everything that you guys didn't explore, and I also want to talk about like the whole backstory of Greyfoot. But we don't have time for that. So read the book Seasons of Mystery. This adventure was written by Kiku Haddenstam. It's called A Winter's Tale. It's in the new book. I thought it was a very like a cute little adventure that was also very sad. <laughs> but um, but yeah. What did you guys think? <laughs> no. <laughs> no
1: wait, actually.